there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi there, just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the She is Fab podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, mindset transformation coach. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Justine Beauregard. She is a marketing coach for compassionate female entrepreneurs and the founder of Growth Mindset Marketers, a community designed to make marketing simple and fun. She's a 13-year marketing and sales training expert, published author, boy mom, and loves a musty library book more than any Kindle one. And her work has been featured on major websites such as CIO.com, FitSmallBusiness.com, and Business2Community.com. Welcome, Justine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you and so excited to learn more about you and what you do. So tell us about your background. You've been in marketing for so long and you've built this community. 
Yeah. So what's interesting, when I gave you my bio, I said that I only served compassionate female entrepreneurs, but now I serve compassionate entrepreneurs because Uh my background is kind of an interesting one. So I started out working in software marketing, which is very male dominated on that side of things. And I launched my consultancy business and practice in 2015. I was a high-level marketing strategist for small businesses and solopreneurs. And I worked with primarily men, even though in my soul, I wanted to work with more women. It was really hard to find a lot of women to work with in the tech marketing space because it's a very male-dominated industry. So I started pursuing this coaching career, which I didn't even know what coaching was until about three years ago. I had had coaches, but they called themselves mentors. And I resonate a little bit more with that term as well over coaching. But when I met these mentors and I met the first one who called herself a coach, I was like, wait, what is coaching? Tell me more about this. And then it started to get really interesting for me to pursue this, read books from coaches, read about coaching, work with coaches of my own who actually called themselves coaches. And then I started working primarily with female entrepreneurs. So I took a total 180, started working with females. And then all the men who I'd worked with before were like, wait, what is this coaching thing? Maybe we should still work together. And so now I've brought everything back full circle and I'm just working with everyone under my new branding of the Compassionate Marketing Collective. That's great. Um, Thank you for mentioning that because most coaches uh, that I interact with tend to work with a female audience, I guess, because women in general are thought of as those who are more interested in self-development and growth and personal self-help. But it's great to hear that you have brought in your audience, not just to females, but to include men as well. I definitely understand that the tech industry is more male-dominated, although now we're seeing a shift where there are more women who are representing. Yeah, and I love that too. And I also see and notice a lot more compassion-infused marketing with the male side of things. So like one of the coaches that I work with is a spirituality coach. Another one is a relationship coach. Another is a marriage coach. And then I've even talked to and started having conversations with postpartum coaches and doulas that are men. So it's an interesting kind of shift with women wanting to be in the more male dominated industries, men shifting into the more feminine industries. And I love how those things are coming together. I think it's a massive shift in paradigm. And I think there's going to be a lot of interesting new revelations from that switchover. Oh my gosh. I love that because you don't always get to see or hear about the male perspective. Like you said, having males take on a different role that primarily would be reserved for women. So I need to interact with more men who are in the uh, coaching space that are providing that feminine energy. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of the, the marketing, right, you have this extensive experience when it comes to marketing. And then at some point, like you mentioned, you wanted to transition to not be a mentor, uh, be a coach. And you yourself work with actual coaches. I'm curious, did you work with a marketing coach as well? So it's funny. I have never directly worked with a marketing coach, like not someone who calls themselves a marketing coach. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason for that is because 
when you get to a certain level in your career, and I'm teaching women and men now how to market themselves effectively and how to thrive in their zones of genius and joy, I have a very particular process for doing that. And I find and sometimes recommend to my clients too, when you know what you do works and you love it and you embody it and you practice what you preach and all of those things, you recognize there are other areas like I've hired mindset coaches and I've worked with general business coaches who have marketing experience in their own way. But working with another marketing coach, I think might muddy the waters at a certain point. It's Mm -hmm. just like, if you work with a mindset coach in particular, there's many ways to learn and grow in terms of the mindset. But also, if you feel really amazing about your process, it can be a little bit of noise added to that and cause a little bit of confusion for you and for your clients sometimes. So I'm just really mindful. Like if I felt stuck in marketing, I would absolutely hire a marketing coach. But for where I am right now, I'm just like, I'm, I'm riding the train of just that genius and joy zone that I found and loving it. Thanks for bringing that up because I, I always wonder, and I tend to ask some individuals, you know, outside of the whole podcasting sphere, what their experience is. Because obviously, as coaches, we work with other coaches to improve in one area or another. But my curiosity was around the fact that do folks hire coaches in the area where they themselves are coaching and what that experience is like? But I agree with you. There can be a little bit of mudding there that can confuse your brand or confuse your messaging or your output when it comes to your community. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of elements of being an entrepreneur that overlap, right? Like I hire money coaches and I hire mindset coaches. I also know some things about mindset and money, right? Because I am an entrepreneur and, and, inherently, we kind of have to learn and meld those skills together. It's where I hire coaches in particular, and this is just my process. Everybody has their own process, and I respect that. But with my process in particular, I hire in the areas where I feel there is a gap to fill. I don't hire coaches just to like say that I work with coaches. And I do know a lot of people who do that. They're like, Mm. I'm a coach. I believe in coaching. So I'm going to hire coaches in all the areas. And I respect that process too. That's just not my personal process. Mm -hmm. I actually like that process as well. I, I believe there's an action to be taken with a purpose, not just because. And it yes. would make sense that you would hire someone based on the areas or the gaps that you're looking to fill. Obviously, we all have our individual strengths as people and as entrepreneurs, but there are areas where we ourselves can use a little bit more help. Marketing is definitely one of those that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, tend to struggle with. So on that note, tell us about your process. You said you have a very particular process. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a couple different stages. So I meet people where they are. And I love the phrasing of helping you maximize your net income and impact. Because I feel like the focus on dollars lately by a lot of people in this industry in particular, I'll help you hit six figures, seven figures, eight figures, those types of wording. I feel like it's just not enough. Like the money is not enough. No one ever wants to make a million dollars. They want to spend it. They want to do something with it. And the people that I work with in particular, so I kind of coined this term, compassionate marketing. And with it, it's, you know, at the core, compassionate marketing is a desire to help people and to care about them. 
and to do more good in the world. So when I make more money, it's not to go buy Louis Vuitton bags. That's great for a lot of people, right? But for me, it's to give back to charity, to give scholarships to single moms, to do the things with my family that I am so excited to do, the experiences I wish to create. And so there is just that level, that extra level beyond net worth, which I'm calling net impact. And a lot of other people are starting to recognize the importance of that too. So I think that there's sort of a shift happening in that way as well, where it's beyond the dollars. And to get to that process, it sort of requires knowing where you are, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding where your gaps are. So I meet people based off of a framework that I've developed and we do something called designing their unique marketing blueprint. So the process I follow with that is to look at their offers and the pricing and the messaging around those offers and who they're serving as an audience, which doesn't necessarily require them to niche down really far. And then once we do that and we have all that developed, then we move into the marketing piece, which is the biggest, most important piece. Like how are you going to flow people from a stage of awareness about your offer to really desiring it to then being ready and having it be an inevitability that they're going to buy it. Then once you figure out what your ideal process is from the marketing side, you can start to systemize, automate, outsource, get rid of the things that are not in your zone of genius and joy like for me, that was bookkeeping right away. I was like, I love to make money. I don't want to manage it. So I'm going to outsource all the things like that. And I have a CFO, a financial planner, a CPA, a bookkeeper, like all the finance people. I'm like, yep, don't want to do that. So that's off my plate. And then once we figure out the system and the automations for the system so that it can just repeat successfully and you can turn that dial up and down, then we move on to the sales process. Because once you know how to market Think about it like a round of golf. This is what my coach said to me. So when you're golfing, marketing is getting the ball from the tee to the green. The closer and the better you are, that is how you know that your marketing is working. When you can get a hole in one, when you can have, you know, an eagle or a birdie or something like that. And so I don't know too much about golf, but when you can do better than par, right? And then the sales and the selling is really like the putting, right? You shouldn't really have to go too far with the sales. And so once you get the marketing down, selling becomes really easy and you create your systemized process to sell so that you know if you get on discovery calls, you know how to overcome objections, or if you bypass the whole sales process in general and just have an application process or an immediate sign-up link from your website, it just becomes really easy because you know all the language and all the ways to draw people in and create demand for your offers. Mm -hmm. I love all of that. First of all, you just explained <laughs> the process to get from point A to point B. So those of you listening and watching, that's a good first step in terms of understanding how that flows. But something you mentioned that really stuck out to me, which is in such alignment with what I put out there is the net impact. Yeah. The fact that yes, money is a part of it, but it's not all of it. The reason why a lot of us go into coaching is because we want to help others. And sometimes either branding yourself, uh, marketing yourself or, or getting the sale can feel a little bit icky or yeah. uncomfortable. So Talking with somebody like yourself who can help you to not only cement your brand, your message, but also push you forward with producing that pipeline, that workflow so that you can still benefit from the financial aspect 
is amazing. And on top of that, you add your term, the net impact, which is not just about the money to, to spend, to buy the Louis Vuitton or whatever material item, but how are you actually using that to impact the world around you? Yeah, for sure. And as a mindset coach, I'm sure you know there's so much mindset work that goes into all of the sleazy sales kind of thinking, that whole line of thinking. It's a lot in our brain. I actually, let's pause for a second. I know this is your podcast, but I'd love to hear in your words, like the whole from the whole mindset side of the selling sleazy, kind of overcoming that, because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. probably hear you interviewing people a lot, but your brilliance <laughs> needs to be unlocked on this topic because that's a big one. Uh, thank you. You know, no one's ever reversed it on me, <laughs> but um, I will tell you, even myself as a mindset coach, when I first started doing this, when I first started to, okay, I'm now going to ask for the financial aspect. I found it very daunting, very difficult because I felt like my whole purpose is to help others. And in asking for money and asking for my worth, I was somehow diminishing what I was producing and how I was helping. So I had to work to get over that. And so how I balance that, you know, I have my paid services, but I also do a lot of free events, free resources. I have uh, days where I call it uh, serving others, where I'll provide a free coaching session, introductory session, or I'll provide free resources and workbooks, or I have these challenges. So I'm trying to balance, okay, I have my paid services, I have my marketing that I put out there, but in turn, so that I don't feel like I am diminishing my work, I have these other free resources that are still helping and impacting individuals. I love that. I love that you found a process that feels good in your body. Like, you know that if I put out free things, then I can balance it with the paid things and the right people will find the thing out of all Mm -hmm. those things that's going to serve them. And I just said thing like 50 times, but... It's really, it's really good. I love that. For me personally, I think when it comes to balancing that, reading the book, You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero, Mm -hmm. everybody like pause this episode and go get this book on Amazon. It's probably like, it's less than $20 for sure. Ask my money manager. I don't know how much it costs, but I bought it (laughs) and it's amazing. It's amazing. And it helped me understand that it's more about what you do with the money, like bringing it back to that conversation of the net impact and what you do with the money, thinking the money being in the hands of good people does more good in the world was one of the kind of general concepts that I took away from reading that book. And I recognized by asking for money and by allowing people to pay, they pay attention, right? So like when you pay for something, let's just say, you pay $2,000 for a coaching package from someone. Are you more or less likely to show up on time every single week and do the work versus if the same person gave you the same package for free? Mm -hmm. Probably going to do more with the one that's paid because you've invested in yourself and allowing people to freely make that choice and accepting their money as an exchange of value, knowing that money holds no value of its own, but it's simply just a form of exchange of energy. I'm giving you my time, every secret, every best practice, every piece 
that I have learned to date that has gotten me to where I am. And you're giving me these dollars in service of your mission and my mission to do more good in the world. It seems almost wrong to not ask for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you know that they're going to be, have more skin in the game and you know that you're going to be excited to share every single morsel of things that you have for them because They've invested in themselves and you show up more for people who invest in themselves fully and show up and come on time and do the work and feel the excitement and push themselves to really make the decision that they want to take their life to whatever that next level is that you're providing as a transformation or a result for them as a coach. Mm-hmm. I love that just the position because we don't always talk about the fact that, right, we have these free resources and we have our paid services, but your clients, the folks that really do the work, that really dig in and go through the process are those that have invested something financially. I feel like at times people will sign up for the free resources, sign up for the challenges, but they're not going through the full process because the value, the perceived value isn't there because it's a free resource. Versus like you said, when there is money involved, people will hunker down and really put into effect what you're putting out there. Vice versa, though, I have had clients where I've had to cut the relationship, you know, after starting because they weren't ready to go to the work. They've provided the finances, right? They've paid for a service, but they were just not fully committed, not ready for whatever reason. And in that case, you have to, the best thing to do, guys, those of you that are coaches, is to refund that and let them go. And hopefully they find somebody that they connect with or they get ready or at a later date in the future, they will come back and be ready to put in the work. Yeah. And something that this happened to one of my clients recently, one of my one-on-one clients said to me, I have this woman and she's always late to calls and she never does the homework and, you know, she's not putting in her time And I asked her a simple question and it changed everything. So I'm going to share it right now with the audience. Ask them if they're okay, right? Because often we make assumptions like they're being lazy or they're too fearful or they're not putting in the work and they're not showing up for themselves and they're not showing up for me and they're not trusting me. And it becomes like all these questions and assumptions. And the number one rule that I have for all of my clients is make great assumptions. Like assume that this person is desperate to do this work. Assume that they're excited every time, but they have a newborn. And she cries through the night and she keeps her up all hours of the day and she's really struggling to find time. And if you asked, are you okay? How can I help you? That's compassionate marketing. Marketing doesn't Mm -hmm. just happen before the sale. It happens during and after the sale. It happens at all moments in time. Marketing is the connection and the relationship building piece between you and your clients. So when you pause and just say, I notice you haven't been doing the work. I notice you haven't been on time. How can I help? Can we change the call time? Can I support you? Can I give you less to do to make you feel less overwhelmed? And often that person will appreciate that level of care and concern and they'll respond to you much more vulnerably than they will if you just say like, listen, you're not doing the work. We got to end this. And I'm sure that's not what you did, Evelyn, because you're a very caring (laughs) and kind person. But I'm just saying, For anyone who is thinking that way, because I'm guilty of it too, right? Mm -hmm. Like our immediate assumption is like, 
what's wrong with me as a coach and why aren't they doing the work? And is it something I did? And what is it about them? And you want to avoid circumstances like this happening on Mm -hmm. repeat. So if you just bring it back to that place of compassion about on yourself as well as on your client. Like, I know I'm a good coach and I know that I care about my clients. So why is this woman in particular or this man in particular struggling to show up for me and themselves Mm -hmm. and on these calls? Like, what is the blocker so that you can just strengthen your skills in that area and really show them how much you deeply desire to help them? I love that. That was really well said and really perfect. (laughs) Because that, that's essentially, you said, compassionate marketing. That's essentially what I do. I don't believe that things stop when you make the sale, right? This is a relationship that you continue to nurture as we're yes. going through it. And even after the client leaves, it's okay. to. Ch- I love to check in on my clients after the fact and say, hey, like, how are things going? Because again, for me, it's not all about the money. It's about the impact that I want to generate and the relationships that I want to nurture and develop. A lot of folks don't think that way, but you really laid out that process, right? It's not just about, oh, you're not doing the work. You're not showing up on time. This is over. There is a process that as a coach, if you are a good coach, you go through, you explore, you dive deep to see how you can help this individual move forward. And then of course, if you find out after all of this uh, searching, this, this, this questioning that they're just not in it, okay, then at that point you release. But our role as coaches is, again, to dive deep, to ensure that we are helping these individuals as much as we can, even if it involves giving them a little push, figuring out what the issue, what the roadblock is that is preventing them from showing up for themselves. And sometimes it's vulnerability on our side too, right? Like if we ask the question, are you okay? How can I help? It opens up or like why they're not doing the work. It opens up the possibility that they say, because you're not a good coach, because you're not helpful. Mm -hmm. And so those thoughts subconsciously, I think kind of radiate through our brains as we ask those questions. And it's like, well, I don't want the possibility that something's wrong with me. So I'm just not going to bring it up. But I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the most important things. Like the other day I was coaching someone and she was giving me her pitch in her own words. And I paused for a minute and I said, how do you feel about what you just said? And she's like, I don't know. How did you feel? Mm -hmm. And I knew she wanted an answer from me. So what I said was, I'm going to be honest and say this as lovingly as possible, but I felt kind of bored. Like I wasn't drawn into it and I want to be drawn into it. And I know you're amazing at what you do. So how can I not feel bored about this offer? Mm -hmm. And she paused and was like, I think a lot of people feel bored when they hear me give my pitch. And it was like, if I didn't pause to give her that self-reflection and self-reveal on my side of like, this is how I'm honestly and genuinely feeling because Mm -hmm. that opens up like, okay, so now we know the problem. So how do we fix it? Right? How do we make this dynamic and amazing and exciting? Part of it is simplicity. Part of it is clarity. Like there's a lot of different elements to a pitch that make it exciting and enticing. And there's a lot of different ways that I teach that part of the way that I coach because I was a sales trainer for 13 years as well. So Mm -hmm. teaching people how to sell, it's definitely a skill. And the reason why I tell people that it's a skill is very purposeful because 
any skill can be learned and any skill can be taught. So knowing that it's something, even if you're not great at it or you feel like you're boring everybody with your pitch, you have the ability to learn how to strengthen that skill, how to build that skill and how to get it to the level of the people that you look at and go, whoa, I want to do what they just did. Sometimes I have people sign up on consults immediately with me because they go, I didn't even know that I wanted a coach until you just said what you said. And I was Mm -hmm. sold in like one second. And I just want to know how to do that. Like, that's why I want to sign up with you is to learn that skill. And it's modeling it a little bit that makes it more exciting too, because you're a product of what they could possibly have, Mm -hmm. right? You're an example of it. I feel like this whole conversation so far is just speaking to me on so many levels and the (laughs) audience, you know, watching, listening, I hope that you're also seeing this as an opportunity. You know, if you want to do marketing or you're seeking to become an entrepreneur or any aspiration that you might have, there's so many tidbits here that you can apply, which Justine has shared with us and actually given you a sneak peek into some of the work that we do as coaches with our clients. Yeah. So something I want to go back to Justine is the the finances, right? The, the offers that you see, because it's very prevalent on social media. There are so many coaches, especially business coaches who are saying, I can help you make 5k, 7k, 10k, whatever the amount is. And something that I always think when I see that, okay, what does that amount reflect? Is that amount really profit? Is that a combination? Like what, how much of that is actually going into your pocket to where you can apply and create an impact? Do you think that that sort of marketing is a little bit misleading? It's interesting that that's where your brain went with that one. Because with me, where my brain goes is that that coach is telling you where you desire to be mm-hmm. financially, right? Like I'm going to get you to six figures a month. I have so many clients who are like, I just want to make a couple thousand dollars a month. And I would be so happy with that. Like my partner carries the income for the household and I just want to validate my, my hobby, not, you know, as a business and not a mm-hmm. hobby anymore or something like that. So I think that with the, the whole price point thing. I think there's definitely a lot of false advertising, which is different than marketing, right? But that false advertising piece of like, you're going to get to 10K months when really they're suggesting that you do this whole webinar model and you're investing thousands of dollars a month in ads and you're paying all these different people to help you execute all these different things. And at the end of the month, you might be making 10,000 gross, but your net income is really like 2000 on that $10,000 income. So yes, there's definitely the disconnect there. And I think a lot of those million dollar coaches, I've worked with some of them and I know that they're bringing in like a third or less of what they say they are because they invest in so much stuff with that money. Like everything is recycled back into the business. I actually spoke with this one coach who was making 2 million a year and she said, Oh, the first $100,000, you have to reinvest it all back into your business. And my thought was, 
what about single moms? What about people who can't afford, like they have to take an income. They can't just pour that six figures right back into their business. And to be honest, I am guilty of using the six figure pieces in my marketing earlier on in my business for sure, because mm-hmm. I make over six figures and I know that I can help people create that result. And so it's exciting to be like, you can make this too. I want everybody to make all the money they want, you know? And now my messaging is is make what you want. I'll help you get to wherever you want to go. If you want to scale to eight figures, we could do that. If you want to scale to six figures, we could do that. If you want to make $500 a month, let's do that, right? Like whatever you want to create for yourself, let's just make a plan and then execute against that plan. And it doesn't matter how much I'm making and it doesn't matter how much these other million dollar coaches are making. It just matters what you want to do and how much you want to make and how much of yourself you want to pour into your business, but ultimately to make decisions and not based off of things that you can't control. Like I'm going to make this decision to make $5,000 a month, but only if people come to me and only if I don't have to do webinars and only if, and there's all these contingencies. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've noticed that with your mindset clients, but going through conversations, I've gotten really good at identifying who the people are that I can actually help versus who the people are who desire my help, but they're not quite there yet. And so I've turned people down on consults before because I ask really pointed questions about who they are as a human being and what they really desire. And some people just have really unrealistic expectations or some people just don't really resonate with the message of this requires work. At some level, you're going to have to pour parts of yourself in and make your business a priority in some Mm -hmm. respects, right? Like you're going to have to put that first. And because of those messages of like, I'm going to get you to 10K months in three hours or less a week, everyone's like, I want that. Well, everybody wants that, right? Mm -hmm. But very few people have it. And most of those people are only bringing home a very small fraction of the 10K because they're paying so many people to do all the work so that their time isn't being reinvested. Mm -hmm. I am in agreement with you there where you're talking to an individual on a consult and you're asking these questions, you're trying to drive into their why and what they're hoping to achieve. And, And, you know, you pick up especially the more experienced you are, you pick up on these things, how they verbalize something, how they answer your question, uh, even the the intonation that this might not be the right fit or they might not be ready for what you're trying to put out there. But I guess for me, the reason why I had focused on that financial aspect is because my background, I worked in IT for a very long time and did a lot of implementations. And the one thing that our clients would always look at was the cost of an application. They never looked at the maintenance, the support, all the things that come after the fact. So when I look at money, I think about, okay, you're offering the ability to make this amount, but then what does that amount actually include? What is the overall picture here? And to your point about the effort, Not everyone makes it big from the onset. A lot of folks have to work, work extensively to produce those kinds of sales, those kinds of figures. And what I wish I would see more of is uh, advertising that is really true to what it takes to actually make 
those figures. I don't think three hours a day is going to net me a six-figure income. Right. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because it can, right? Because there are elements of your business that you get really good at. Like I often get asked at my level of income, why don't I have a virtual assistant full-time? And my response is always, because I'm really good at what I do. (laughs) Like I am a marketer at heart. So I have a simple funnel. My lead magnet, I created it like a year and a half ago and I still use the same one and I still get hundreds of people signing up every single month for that lead magnet. I have another lead magnet that sort of supplements that one. So if people don't necessarily want that download, they can just jump onto my email list, which I called Get Inspired. And every week I just send a free marketing email. Well, that's my post lead magnet nurturing series that I just take out the lead magnet part at the beginning. And it's part of my funnel already. So those people just skip a step and they just go into the funnel. So that's already built. And I use a lot of repurposing and I go into my journal entries and I take sections of them and I create multiple social media posts in a short amount of time. And I like to write and I love for everything to be in my voice. So doing all the things that it takes to make six figures, like at the base, that I can do in three hours a day or less, probably less, like 10 hours a week, I could do Mm -hmm. that, right? But because I desire for more, I put in more work and I hire teams of people to help me. Like I just hired a web design team to redo my website because I realized I want to rebrand my community. I want to do a couple of things over. I want to have a new, fresh website and everything with the messaging and the new branding and all of the things. I want that to come across in the best light. And I could probably do it myself because I built my first two websites all by myself and I learned coding by myself and all the things, but it's just not up to where I am at the brand level, right? Like I'm a little bit beyond basic coding skills. I want to get into, and I don't want to learn any more than I have. So hiring a team to help me, yes, that's an investment. But every month I check with my CFO and I make sure that those things are matched up, right? And that I'm never spending more than what I'm making. And I know what my goals are and I'm always hitting those goals. So like this month, for instance, I invested in the web development team. And then I said, okay, I'm going to take time out of my personal schedule to take on one more coaching client to help me pay for that website being done because my priority is this certain level of net income at the end of the year. So I I had two people book calls. I didn't even put anything out there. I just had two people book calls. I put that out into the universe, really. I manifested those calls. And then those people came to me after just being lurkers for a long time. One of them had been following me for a year and she reached out and then immediately on the call, she said, send me the invoice, whatever it is, I'll pay it tomorrow. And so with that booked, done, paid for the website, moving on, right? But if your goal is money right now, then you might sacrifice a little bit of time and work 40 hours a week to go learn those coding skills, to go figure out how to integrate themes with WordPress or Wix or Shopify or whatever type of site you have. And you might do those things because for you, your priorities are different than what my priorities are. And also your skill sets are at different levels. So like I have the ability to go close a sales call in two days time. You might, it might take you a month and a half right now for where you are in your business and your skill set. So knowing where your strengths lie, this is, this goes back to that first thing that I said about living in your zone of genius and joy, Mm -hmm. 
when I know like I like to sell and I'm good at it and I'm good at marketing and I'm good at understanding what the messaging and the branding needs to be, but I'm also very aware that coding a website from scratch is not my thing, then I know what I need to outsource, how I need to spend my time, and I create those layers of priority. So it becomes really easy to get to the goal based on where you are now. Yeah, no, good point there. Obviously, it's a different experience when you're learning and when you're starting out versus when you've established yourself and you have the required skill sets, which is why developing yourselves and acquiring new skills is so important. But the other side of that, as you mentioned, is that you have outsourced certain things to certain groups to give you more time to work on the things that you're good at that will generate more income for your business. I feel like especially when you're starting out as an entrepreneur in the beginning, it's all on you, right? You're the marketer, the salesperson, IT, all of the things. But then at some point, you have to look at your time and say, okay, where does my skill set lie? What area am I really good at? And where can I use this time productively? And some folks find it difficult to let go of certain things to, to outsource certain things because it's your business is your baby and you know it inside out. Yeah, I'm a type eight on the Enneagram. So I'm just saying releasing control is not my thing. <laughs> it's really hard for me to do that. <laughs> but I think knowing the greater mission and purpose of what you're trying to accomplish, like I know that I'm not at a certain income level, you can't get there alone. You just can't. It's too many things in the day. You can't be everything to everyone and you shouldn't be everything to everyone. And the more you start to recognize like, you know what? I'm really good at a lot of things, but I'm only great at a couple of things. And I really, if I had to invest my time, like this is a question I ask my clients a lot. So I'll ask it to the audience just for a little bit of reflection, self-reflection is would I be doing this task if I was making a million dollars a year? because it puts it in perspective. And almost every single time I ask that question, I already know the answer is no. And it's when my client's saying, but I can't let go of this, but I have to keep doing it. I go, would you be doing it if you're making a million a year? And almost every time, unless it's the thing that they are selling, they're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, yeah. So I think it's time to let it go. Right. Nail on the head right there with that one. (laughs) Perfect question to ask. And you're right. Most Yeah. We'll say no. It's so true. Oh my God. Justine, you have, again, provided so much wisdom in this podcast. And I mean, the audience, as you again listening and watching, there is so much that you can apply to your life today for, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs, aspiring, whatever it is that you're aspiring to do. There's something here that you can apply and take away. Justine, how can folks get in touch with you? Yes. And before I answer that question, I wanted to add a footnote that just popped up when you were saying that was Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a virtual assistant earlier today. And she said, I don't like marketing. I have no idea how to sell. I don't, I can't get comfortable, but I have to make money right now. Mm -hmm. And so we worked on a creative solution for her. And what we came up with was connecting to one of my clients who's building an agency of virtual assistants. And I said, she, you'll make less money, but you'll get more experience and clients. So you'll have that social proof and you'll be able to build your business without the pressure of having to learn those skills. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that as a footnote of like, get creative. If you feel stuck in an area and your priority is money over time, you may not have the time to invest in learning how to market or sell right now. You may just need to go on a freelancing platform or work with somebody or try to develop a strategic partnership. That's how I built my first business was through referrals and strategic partners. 
thinking about how can I get creative to get to the results I desire and being really hyper-focused on what you desire to create at the end, not necessarily how you get there. Because we can get really tied to this thought that we have to do all the things and be everyone to our business, but sometimes we don't. So just food for thought. And if you want to learn more from me, if you want to connect with me and have a real conversation, I would love that. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Growth Mindset Marketers. You can find me at growthmindsetmarketers.com. And I have a couple of freebies linked in my Instagram bio and also on my website as well. Yes. And we're going to put all the details in the podcast details and the YouTube details. Guys, I highly recommend that you check her out. I mean, again, even for me, I have learned so much about your process and things that I could even implement throughout this conversation. So Justine, last thoughts before I let you go, anything else you want to share with the audience? I would just say, so I'll be vulnerable for a minute and let you know that I have a chronic illness and two autoimmune diseases. I also have two kids under six. So there is nothing that you can't do. (laughs) Like knowing that I have built this business for six years, only ever as a mom, right? Only ever with chronic illness and autoimmune diseases and being in and out of treatments and dealing with sick kids and random things that prevented me from doing one thing or the other. I always stuck to my purpose and I always sought out my zones of genius and joy and I made it work. So if you're really committed to making your business happen for you, right? You want your marketing to work for you. You want your sales process to work for you. You don't have to follow someone else's blueprint. You can create your own. You can be creative. You can find solutions. Just adopt that problem solver persona about yourself. Get creative, get strategic, ask for help, be vulnerable, share those parts of yourself that you're a little bit worried about sharing and be open and honest with people and transparent, but just make sure that when you do, you come from a place of empowerment, right? Because you never want to share what you're going through in the moment when it feels bad or cringy or uncomfortable. You want to come from a place of like, I can speak to you about my chronic illness because I'm thriving in my business and in my life despite that, right? I've learned a lot of lessons from it. But if I were going through a really tough battle, just make a mental note. This is great content for later when I'm ready, when I'm feeling like I'm in a place that's on the mountaintop instead of in the valley, right? Like you're in the depths of it, still write it down. That's why I recommend journaling every day because everything that's happening in your life is content. It's helping people. It is coming from the most beautiful, vulnerable places. And when you can share it from that place of elevation and perspective from being up on that mountaintop, it's so much better for your brand and your business and so much better for you and part of your healing journey too. So I encourage you to do that. And I think that you're all worthy of everything that you desire. And if you put your mind to it, you can achieve whatever you want. Yes, that was beautifully said. So many good key points there. But just to sum it up, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you're founded and grounded in your why. And Justine, thank you for talking about your vulnerability and the things that you had to work through, not just being a mom, but your autoimmune uh, issues that you were dealing with, like that could be any excuse for you not to move forward and engage how you want, but you did not let that stop you. So again, guys, you can do what you want 
but it's up to you ultimately. You hold the key to your future. Yes. Thank you so much, Justine. It has been a pleasure. Again, so much wonderful information, resources that you'll be able to share on your uh, social media. Guys, again, I'm going to post all the information for how to get in touch with her. If anything on this resonated with you, I highly recommend that you reach out, have a consult with Justine because you don't know how should we aid you to help you to move forward in your aspiration. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. You are welcome. All right, guys. Like I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 